All right, guys, this is Alfred and Danielle. We're sitting down with Miss Sandra Palchinski today on the Healthy You podcast. Hey, guys. So I uh, just want to introduce ourselves. We are Alfred and Danielle Bachman. You guys know us from a bunch of different things, but we're excited about sitting down and talking about overall health journeys. Everyone has started our health journey at different phases, whether you've always been a student athlete, you started off in high school, um, elementary school, whatever it may be, or maybe now you're an adult and you realize you're tired of sitting in the office. And just having, um, you know, a dormant lifestyle. And now that you've uh, had some opportunity with the pandemic, some free time, you picked up some new hobbies. So, um, Danielle, anything you want to talk about? I'm just excited to get this podcast off the ground and rolling because I think this is an outlet that people really need to hear from, you know, not, not just these amazing people in different arenas, but also, you know, we're going to have people that are coming from, normal backgrounds, you know, quote unquote, normal backgrounds are just like you and I, you know, everyone's had their own health journey, but I think it's great to be able to pull from different backgrounds and it, it, it makes it more relatable when it's someone who has, you know, maybe a similar background to you. And that's our hope is to bring people who have many different backgrounds, not just nutritionists, not just, you know, um, people who are famous for being fit and things like that. So. I think that, and then you also take into account what does it mean um, for a health journey? So it doesn't have to be being a gym rat. It doesn't have to be only doing vitamins and supplements. I mean, all those things have their place and they're very important, but um, I'm excited about also doing just fun fitness stuff, you know, getting stories from people who are adventurers who are excited about it and sharing how they train for these exactly. types of adventures. So you want to introduce Sandra? Yeah, Sandra. I'm really excited to actually have her on the podcast. She is our first guest. So her name is Sandra Polshinsky. And Sandra, why don't you say hi to everyone and introduce yourself? Hey, Alfred and Danielle. Thank you so much for having me on the first Healthier You. It's so fun. I love just the journey of creating things that, that will allow people to kind of walk out their their pot, you know, walk out their health journey with information and insight and uh it's just it's cool to be able to be a part of the, of the inaugural one thank you yeah not a problem i'm really excited to have this opportunity to sit down with you i know that we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks now and i you know i'm just really excited because when we sat down on the phone originally and we're just discussing you know the different topics we were both passionate about it had flowed so well just right then when we started getting into the information i was like oh my gosh it's going to be great when we actually get this thing recorded <laughs> and so why don't you tell people a little bit about maybe your um health background maybe a little bit about your athletic i know you have an athletic background and just a little bit more about what you do yeah absolutely thanks again i um you know it, it's so fun just i remember coming up as a, a child my parents were really excited about just I think their daughter's just pursuing and trying out a lot of different sports. So it really began pretty early on, you know, and um, what's fun is I played a lot of different sports in high school, even with running track and playing softball and different things. Um, but I actually began my journey playing field hockey, which ultimately became the sport that I played in college, okay. um, sort of by happenstance. Uh, so it's kind of fun because I had never heard of it before, and I just went out and joined the team as a freshman, and it became a, a pretty fast passion for me. Um, I had some, you know, some natural, I guess, athletic abilities, but I was able to learn the game, and it became a, an awesome thing for me. I played in college. I was a recruited athlete for a Division three school here on the East Coast, and um, actually about two years after I graduated, um, I was asked to come back as an assistant to be a Princeton conditioning coach for the same team that I had played for. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, you know, that journey was really fun. I had a lot of respect for my head coach, so it was really fun to work alongside of her. But honestly, it gave me a whole different perspective on, like, health and wellness and athletics because you're you're now training up people to do what you have done effectively, right? So. Um, that was really cool. After, you know, after graduating from college and getting out of coaching, I actually started training for some marathons. I did that for a while, did a whole host of different races and 
I was on a kind of one a year marathon track for, I guess about five years in a row when I was in my twenties. And, um, you know, I've since gone on, got married, I have children. So my athletics look a little bit different these days. Um, we're actually expecting our third right now, but it's, it's always just been a continuous journey of, you know, staying, staying fit and staying strong. And that looks different in different seasons, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but um, it, it's been it's been a really fun journey so far, and I'm excited about you know just getting to talk with that because I think all of us meet you know meet our health journey at a different point in our life. Um, you know, I'm I'm just about to turn 40. I'm I'm hanging on to my my 30s here. I got a few about six seven months to go. Um, but you know, it's really it's really kind of fun because when we see it as just an opportunity to stay strong and just you know to be ready, willing, and able as we get older, you know, well past 40, and, and, you know, you'll have people listen to this in a lot of different, um, you know, decades of their lives, so to speak, but, you know, it's all building, and it's never too late, right? Exactly. I think it's interesting when you look at certain people who have, you know, stayed fit, or they've started to get fit, you know, in their 40s, and they just end up looking younger, and they... Mm -hmm. You know, because your body reacts to what you're doing. You're putting good things in, you're doing good things, you know, you're exercising and your body is going to react to it and it's going to make you feel younger. You're going to start to, I think, look younger because you're, you're looking more fit, you know, and the more uh, fit you look, but the I, younger you tend yeah, to Yeah. And you talk about that. You talk about even just when you're exercising, you can naturally have endorphins, which really, yeah. you know, whether you're running, lifting weights, whatever, um, your endorphins release, which naturally has an anti-aging effect just from a natural sense. Then you get increased blood flow, you get lower heart rates, uh, resting heart, all these different things, which are overall healthy. Um, which I think is, you know, probably the biggest thing is, is, be, is which allows you to not have to only start in your teens or your twenties. Mm -hmm. You can start at any, right. you know, so. Exactly. And I think that is a struggle for a lot of people who are in their late thirties, forties, fifties, to say, I'm too, I'm too old now to start. I mean, I think it's really funny when people in their thirties say it, especially, but um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're not even middle, truly middle age, right? Cause middle age is 40 is what, you know, is what they say. So I think that's ridiculous to say, I can't start something. I only have the entire time I've been in, around this earth to start a new project or new hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm already 32. Like I can't do anything. <laughs> My life has ended up at those people I'm all really that's how you feel the black balloon syndrome right I mean and that's just garbage <laughs> I mean the truth is you know, and it's hard at any age absolutely I couldn't agree more you know it's so funny because I think sometimes in our pursuit like you know in an effort to get to the career a lot of times that people start this mindset of that when they've accomplished whatever whether they finish their high school or college or whatever it's almost like we fool ourselves into thinking that like we're, we're done with something, you know, that's really supposed to be a launching pad, mm -hmm. not the degree. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about, but even some of my, um, you know, former college athlete friends, you know, that some of them have, you know, used that as a way to just stay the course and they're super intense about it. And other people have, you know, kind of felt like, well, that's over, you know? <laughs> and so I think it really is like, you know, if we're tapping into something just about kind of the way that, we allow our minds to be renewed and to think about what it is that we can still have, do, or become, you know, on our journey of life. When you talk about lifestyle, when you talk about living a healthy lifestyle, what it really means in my mind is being a lifelong student, right? Because yeah. you're, you're learning how your body reacts, how your body recovers, what works, what doesn't work. Um, and specifically applied to health. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is staying active and being, being willing to explore. So you have to try to add on new things. You try to, you know, create new ideas, new paths and new things that um, fit into your schedule too. You have to be more creative. Um, and you also, as your body, you know, ages, you, you, everything that you do is going to change as well. So that's why you're a student is because as you get older, you may not be able to do every single thing as you did as a 17, 18 year old. Like maybe you have to stretch more, Alfred. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you talking about that. Uh oh, I'm a big fan of stretching, so let's not talk about that one. <laughs> not at all. Uh, we'll skip, we'll say that one maybe for the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but what I mean is like too, like when you're in your 20s, you know, um, you can work out 
and lose weight, gain muscle, whatever your goals are, and not necessarily have to worry about your diet. Like you could just work out as much as you want and still eat a bad diet. And that's not necessarily true as you start getting into your 30s, your 40s. And imagine, I mean, my thought is, is imagine the results you would have had in your teens and 20s if you had a proper diet, if you actually were educated on that and and were passionate about controlling Mm -hmm. your diet. But let's be real, cheeseburgers taste good. Sodas taste good. All you know, all the junk yeah. food. There, there's a reason why it's fun. And whenever you're in your early 20s and you're living on your own for your first time, that's what you do. You go to all your comfort foods. At least that's what we did. You know, and I and, and I agree with that. And we'll touch on that in a second. But I have a friend who is a nutritionist specifically for a sports team, and she just says, you know, it's just it's amazing to me that these these college kids, they they look like phenomenal athletes, but you get down into their diet and they really are just eating these cheeseburgers and fries and ramen noodles. I mean, cause they're college kids and yeah, you know, she's like, it's my job to go in there and to see how, how can I fill in the nutritional gaps or give you nutrition in general to some of them and teach them that because They've never been taught that. And that's exactly what you were saying, Alfred, is, you know, it, it has to start when you're a kid. I really do believe it. If, I mean, you can start anytime learning about your nutrition, but so it is not a struggle. So it's not something that you're having to learn as an adult, which when you're an adult, it does take more, you know, mental focus and discipline to learn anything. But as if you teach your kids this, it's really easy for them to have healthy habits all the way through life. And, you know, and then their taste buds develop for what you're giving them. So maybe, you know, for instance, my nephew, my sister, she, she's very big into nutrition. And so she wasn't feeding him the French fries and the hamburgers from McDonald's and, you know, things like that. And so you off, you know, you say, do you want a McDonald's happy meal or do you want to go get sushi? you know, and the kid is all about the sushi and he will like put down 50, $60 of sushi if you let him. And so do you want French fries and ketchup or tater tots and ketchup? Or do you want some steamed broccoli with some Parmesan sprinkled on it? Oh my gosh, he'll go for the broccoli with Parmesan. And I just think that's amazing that he's like that. And I know you have kids, Sandra. I know that every kid is different. I'm sure every kid has their you know, just like humans in general, they have their weaknesses of what they really like, but it, it's about starting those habits early. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. go ahead, Sandra. Sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. Alfred. I was going to say, I mean, going, coming from you, obviously you were in that arena, right? You had these nutritionists, you, um, you were, you know, a high performance athlete, then you became a coach, like you said. I mean, did you, what was your experience? Did you see that? Did you, you know, from the, your co, uh, your teammates and then your, eventually your coworkers? Yeah. You know, what's fun about the journey, I think is, um, just, I remember being, you know, young with my parents and they really helped to set the foundation for some of the habits that mm-hmm. I had. And I'm thankful because a lot of them were good ones. Um, I, I even remember when they kind of made some transitions with some of the choices that they used to allow and then stopped allowing, you know, more towards us, my sister and I having, you know, a healthy foundation of like, well, hey, what's good for you and what's not good for you. Um, and, you know, it, it is kind of remarkable because I remember this more on the coaching side, but even as an athlete, I mean, you're on these road trips and there's only a certain number of dollars in the budget. So a lot of times these teams are showing up at McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and Mm-hmm. Or depending on where you are, there's limited options, you know. Um, so we, we would have that conversation a lot. And we would um, we, we were blessed with huge family support. So whenever our teams played, there was kind of like some guidelines that we as the coaches put out to the parents about what to bring. And kind of like, hey, please don't bring one million cookies and brownies and like, mm-hmm. you know, eight apples, you know. <laughs> um, and so... There is, I think, just a lot in our habits, you know, and even now, you know, I think as husband and wife, you both come from different backgrounds. So building those habits together as a family is huge, um, no matter the age of, of the children, right? And, you know, for my husband, Brad, and I, it's been really fun because we understand that, you know, we don't want our kids to be afraid of some of the junk that's out there. And it's okay to do that every now and again. It's just 
you know, not your, your Friday night regular events kind of thing. Um, I think probably only recently our kids have had happy meals. I feel like my oldest is nine. I think he's probably had maybe nine in his life. So I feel like that's pretty good, you know? (laughs) Um, you know, he, uh, you know, and and we will do Chick-fil-A or whatever every now and again, because, you know, kids like that stuff. And I want them to know that, you know, this isn't going to be the, the worst thing that they ever, you know, can do, but that if they do it on a regular basis, we just finished breakfast here on the East coast and I made like kind of a healthier version than most probably of um, pancakes. And, you know, it's like, here's your two pancakes and you can't have any more until you eat your eggs, you know, <laughs> because we need to get some mm-hmm. complete proteins. We need to help you like right the ship because every time there's cereal in the house, which is not a big thing for us one of them immediately after is like, my belly hurts. And I'm like, yeah, because that's loaded with sugar, mm-hmm. not that much else value for your tummy. You need to put some real stuff in there. I'm not saying we can't have that, but it is important to like even teach them at that like really, really low level of just starting your day strong and you need to get water and all of those kinds of things, you know? Yeah. You talk about that, Sandra, about, you know, their ki- your kid's stomach's hurting because they're eating stuff empty carbs empty nutrition it tastes really good it was the same thing um we were at a family uh cookout a couple weeks ago and you know gabriel he was sitting there he's 12 and um they my brother had given him an energy drink and it wasn't a healthy energy drink it was just packed with sugar and all the junk and chemicals and he's about halfway into the energy drink and he just comes up to me he's like man, this thing is, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts as he's sitting there sipping on this drink. I was like, you ever think that maybe what you're putting in, you know, is, is causing that? Because you, as like, you never have that with us. Um, you know, we, we sound like these yeah. old people, but like, you know, legitimately, if it, if it hurts you to have it, like your body is actually giving you immediate feedback of don't do that. You know, yeah, let's stop putting that in because it's not working for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. cool. I was going to say, it's important, too, for them to learn that kind of stuff, right? For all of us, even, you know, like, all of us, it's not like we all grew up on the farm and only ate, you know, organic produce 100% of the time and grass-fed beef, right? So we all are like, let me get some In-N-Out burger or whatever every now and again, and then you go, and then, you know, maybe it's not immediate, but then later you're like, okay, I'm tired. Like, or I feel swollen. Why do I feel swollen from all the salt or whatever? So I think it's good sometimes to, you know, just be able to um, learn from experiences like that. Again, not on a regular basis, of course, but, you know, to, to know the difference, right? Because if you're used to just feeling great all the time, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have an experience with a food or with, like you said, offer like a high sugar drink, like soda or an energy drink that you realize like, wow, I do not feel good, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I think talking about just general health and wellness, honestly, I mean, yes, I, I know Alfred said that, you, you know, you can be in your 20s and still be physically fit and look really good. Um, but once that metabolism stops, even if you're not working out, like you, you've seen those people that could eat anything. I mean, they eat junk food all day and you're like, how do you look so thin and so good still? Like, especially as a, as a woman, you see those other women and you're like, really? Wow. Like that's impressive. And, and then like they get into their thirties and all of a sudden just switch and their metabolism slows, but because they've never learned how to control their eating habits, and they haven't linked it, now it's, they, they're just, they gain the weight. And it's hard for them to know how to, how to get back onto a healthy eating diet because they've never experienced that in their life. But it is possible. And I think the common misconception out there is that you have to give up everything good in life if you wanna be healthy. You know, some people live to eat, instead of eating to live. And I think that's definitely an American culture is people live to eat here. I mean, their entire social circle, nine times out of 10 revolves around getting food. 
I mean, what restaurant are we going to? What place are we going to get dessert? Whatever it may be. And, you know, let's go get coffee. Let's whatever it is. Um, that's just how society in, in the U.S. is, is that we do that. And we can only if we're around people as a social setting, we have to have food. We have to have drinks. We have to have whatever. Um, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to, again, know your body. I think that's really kind of been the theme is is knowing yourself, know your body and understand what your limitations are, what your threshold is. Um, I mean, and, and understand what your ultimate goal is. I think, uh, Sandra, you talked about um, being a high performance athlete. And I think that right there, if you you had an ultimate goal in mind, whether as a athlete, it was I want to win the championship. Right. I mean, that's every athlete's goal is I, I want to be the best in my, you know, my sport, my field. And so if that's the case, if you remember the root of your ultimate goal, um, then it makes these other daily simple decisions much easier. I mean, and that, that's the thing is, is understanding that. But if you don't understand what your goal is on your fitness journey, um, then you don't have anything to shoot for. Some people, they, are, uh, they have diabetes as a trait in their family, like as they want to kill that trend. And a lot of that stems from health, I mean, from, from diet and exercise. So I think that, you know, Sandra, I mean, going back to that background, you know, having that, that mindset. Um, so was there any ways um, after you transitioned out of your sports background, being in, in, you know, a college athlete, you said you started doing um, marathons and like that. How did you make that shift to setting new goals, new ideas for your fitness? Yeah, you know, Alfred, what you're talking about, I think is so important because a lot of us, um, you know, whether again, it is back when I think of, you know, finishing a, your, your high school or finishing a degree or finishing the race or winning the championship, sometimes we put ourselves in a position where the goal is given to us. Um, and then often when we're not necessarily in pursuit of something like that, we, we can kind of miss that having a goal for your health or for your family or whatever is still very important and can be a driver to help simplify some of the big picture decisions that we get to make, you know, at the grocery store and on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you know, I, I learned early. Um, I remember, it being like a hot summer practice. And I'm going to use this as an illustration about how I kind of learned the power of developing some habits. But I remember being at that practice and I remember being just super lightheaded and feeling awful. And, you know, you go to see the trainer or whatever, and they were like, hey, I think you might be dehydrated. And I'm sure that I had had an exposure to an experience like that before. But you know, you have these defining moments sometimes on your journey. And at, from then on, I mean, even, even to today, you know, like I said, I'm just about to turn 40. This was probably when I was, I don't know, 16. Um, and I just, I had this kind of an experience and realized, okay, I'm going to drink water. And, you know, for the better part of 30 years now, people have been giving me a hard time about carrying around some gigantic water bottle with me. Um, and my kids are the same. We're out on a hike and, you know, our friends are always like, you always have water with you. I'm like, yep. Sure do, you know, <laughs> because it's, it's so important to, to learn how to build a habit. And maybe that's not having a goal, but it was, it was for me a great example of learning that I needed to have, um, you know, just a, a bigger picture than just that day, right? Not even just being prepared for that day, but being prepared for, you know, kind of that week, that year, all of it, because um, it was something simple that I could do. And it was also something simple that I, when I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, and so, you know, I think as we get older and seasons change, especially, you know, Danielle, you were talking about, and we're, we're best to talk about this right as women, but, you know, we go through so many seasons, no matter what your life journey is, right? Um, and I think all of us as just men and women together, we, we have the same idea where, you know, there's just different things in our hormone levels and our bodies continue to shift and change. And we've already touched on this also, just that the same habits that will work for you at 20 may not work for you in your 30s, may not work for you in your 40s. But that's part of the fun. Yeah. And I think sometimes we we need to remember that it's okay that when I was 25 running 24 miles on Saturday morning, you know, I'm not 25 and I did not run at all 24 miles this morning because this season of my life does not it just doesn't it just doesn't need that right now I'm not saying that people in their in their later years or in different seasons can't continue to do that we Brad and I have a lot of friends who are 
So like major triathletes, they do Ironman and all of these other races that are, you know, significant challenges. And I think mm-hmm. to each their own, and that's the, the beauty, right, is to not get com- comparative within our own self. Like, man, I used to do the same workout when I was 25 and it used to work great for me. And now I'm just still at this plateau. And then also to not look at our friends who are running ultra marathons and I'm like, you know, 36 weeks pregnant and just did my steps in my house three times and winded, you know, <laughs> and, not, and not allow myself to be in that comparison mode with a previous season of my own life or with other people because everyone's journey, it necessitates that it is unique and that it is going to allow us to, to get further down the path, like I said in the very beginning, just to be you know, what, how strong and fit do you want to be when you're 50 or when you're 60 or when you're 70? Because mm-hmm. um, I think what, as we look, we're, we're all, none of us is getting younger from what I can tell, right? So <laughs> it's kind of cool to just have that bigger picture goal of like, you know, in the future, what, what do you see for yourself? Um, and allow yourself to have that kind of vision and that dream out in front of you for what your body and what your mind are going to be able to do well in those new seasons that are coming, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I think that, Sandra, and the biggest thing that you talk about right there is just saying, actually having a goal. What do I want to look like at 50, 60, Mm -hmm. 70 years old? Do I want to be active? Do I want to have that kind of lifestyle where I'm functional? Because right now, people are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. They are athletes. They are athletic. They're competitive. Mm -hmm. But maybe at 70, you're not going to be competitive, but you're still able to walk and hike and enjoy the view and you know and that that's the time that you really want to enjoy that but you have the the premise to that is is you have to start preparing that for today today immediately it doesn't matter whether you're 20 30 40 50 years old um today is the day that you have to start that figure out what it is that you want to look like 10 15 20 years down the road and i don't mean like six pack abs right i mean functionality right what how do i want to function how do you want to live your life You know, do you see yourself being able to travel and to go different places? Because that that takes energy. Are you going to be well enough to do that? Um, Do you when you get there, are you going to be someone that's on the travel bus? Or are you the person that's walking the city? Are you able to do that? Or are you going to be too winded to take those three steps to do it? Or are you going to be able to get out on an adventure and get on a jet ski, go on a hike, you know, if, 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 those, if those are your passions. If those but, are your passions, but it's even more important to have the option. If yeah. you do want to be the person on the travel bus taking pictures from the top exactly. roof, okay, that's fine. But if for some reason you are driving around and you see something cool and you want to get out and start hiking and moving around, then having that opportunity to me is more important. And not feeling locked in your body. Cause I think, when you're, when you're unhealthy in certain ways, you almost feel trapped. And then you can start to be upset with yourself because you, you let yourself get there. You're not sure how it happened because people don't know the, the common mistakes of just being a healthy person, like how to stay a healthy person. And they don't know how they've got there, but now they're upset about it because they can't do something simple. And especially when you have family and you can't, run with your kid when they're playing tag you can't you know throw a football with them because you know you're you're just out of breath and you don't know why you know things like that I think that's when it can really get to you and just be hey I need to do something well that as we're diving into this it's a cultural thing too I mean as Americans we're all here we are raised from you know from the very young age to have it we've hit this a few different times but it's not generally a healthy lifestyle. I mean, you have to legitimately make these decisions as you go and learn those habits. I mean, as an American, you aren't someone who's hiking or like that. It's very, very common for us to just hop in a car and drive to the parking lot and then have the 10 foot walk to the store. Um, and then complain about it because you had to park in the back. Yeah. You had to park in the back. And then (laughs) once that happens, then, you know, it's, it's 90 degrees outside. Now you're sweating and you know, it's very easy to get in that negative mindset. Um, but if you, I'm just upset thinking about it, right? (laughs) whatever, (laughs) but you, I mean, that goes to like having a, a positive mental attitude, which hits like mental health and like, Hey, I, I'm going to take a couple extra steps. 
I'm going to go through, uh, take an extra lap around the store or the mall or wherever it is that you're at and creating those habits very early on. And you just have to start now. I and mean, we hit that so many times. But Yeah. Mentality right now, I think with people is if I have to do something extra, it's going to kill me. But actually, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> if you have to walk a little extra, it's probably going to keep you healthier. <laughs> yeah. It's going to keep you alive longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the body... Yeah that gets better the more you use it, right? <laughs> In the right ways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we're we're built to be able to, you know, have kind of high functioning lives, right? And you're right, not not everyone has that, but um, you know, I'm thankful again too, I think in my family upbringing, I think there was a lot of um just a, you know, a desire for us to be able to be an active family. Not not the kind that was like we must do this it, it was really more of like let's find the kind of the joy in the journey of being out on a long walk or sometimes it was a hike or something like that and I think we were talking about helping you know our families and children develop those habits I think it's just huge because you can realize that especially in a season like the one that the world is in where there have been some limitations just like the simple joys of going out on a short walk and and things like that that just get your body moving I mean most people would probably attest to that when they start doing that, when they're starting, you know, going out on a walk or a run or whatever, whatever that a new habit might be, you know, their energy increases. You talked earlier about endorphins, Alfred, just there's a lot of things that begin to take place in your body that without that movement, you can become a little bit more lethargic and it's harder to keep that vision alive. It doesn't mean that I have to train for an Ironman tomorrow, you know, to start down the path of, becoming this you know ultra ultra elite athlete but I can definitely go out on a walk I can definitely find a new hiking trail I can definitely you know get a bike and cycle with my kids um you know there's there's things that I think all of us could think more creatively about if we haven't in a while just to be able to get our bodies moving um and then you know I use that water example because that's so important um you know just to, to be hydrated and I don't remember where this came from. I, you know, probably should give credit, but you know, garbage in, garbage out is a quote that most of before. And you know, we've talked a little bit just about, you know, what we're putting into our bodies, and mm-hmm. that can be anything from the food and beverage choices, the supplement choices. And I always just encourage, like, in our sphere of influence, like, check out where they're coming from, you know, and and know what it is that you're that you're putting in. No, you can't do it every every single time, right? We talked about like, I don't want to know all the ingredients from the Chick-fil-A menu when we were there, you know what I mean? But when we're, when we're out shopping or we're making choices about how to fill the gaps in nutrition for our family and um, how to stay best hydrated and those kinds of things, we're just, we try to be intentional about using our purchasing power towards stuff that's actually going to maximize our own personal health and wellness. I mean, I think it can be easy to not necessarily think that way when you are buying, you know, a, you know, grocery item list, right? But it's easy to think that way, too, and just to feel empowered about, you know, why this extra quality over here matters and why it doesn't somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and I, even, even I, the simple things about what comes in, like the stuff that actually grows, right? Like, it's, I love the Healthier You community because we're, we're intentional to talk about, you know, the, the fruits and vegetables and the qualities that they, you know, bring to the table, pun intended, right? I mean... That there's so much value, but if you don't know and you just prefer white potatoes, but you never eat sweet potatoes, like that's not bad, except there's lots of great stuff in sweet potatoes. So I, you know, I train up my kids and like, listen, you might, you might like it this time. So we're going to try it, you know, <laughs> and just keeping that open mind so that you're constantly building towards kind of that next, next season of your life. Yeah, I think that Sandra, and I think um, one of the big things that I've noticed that people are have always have issues is when you talk about eating nutritious, you live in a healthy lifestyle is the financial aspect of it. Because it does take a significant investment of, of money to eat healthy, you do have to invest in proper groceries, proper stuff like that, supplements, nutrition, everything else. 
And all that kind of stuff really does matter. But if you're looking at it as an expense, um, you're almost resentful. But if you're looking at it as an investment to ha being active, having a healthy lifestyle, you know, that down the road, it's so, so much better for you. And then you think about it in the other sense too, is you can pay the time now to eat in a healthy lifestyle, to uh, exercise, do all that kind of stuff. And you're not going to be paying for medications and other things down the road. I mean, because those are expensive too. Right. So you can either take the time now to invest in finding out what good nutrition is, good habits are, or down the road, if you don't do that, you can be in a place where you're paying for a lot of medical care and other things. That's exactly right. No, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, it's interesting hearing us talk about that. You know, for, for us here, we're kind of winding down the summer months and um, for, you know, our, our children and both my husband and I have kind of like a little bit more of an olivey skin tone. And so we tend to get pretty tan pretty quickly. Um, but I'm like dogmatic with my children about putting sunscreen on because we've learned, right? We're not, it's not like 18 something and we don't know about the effects of the sun, but you know, it's wild. I recently had a family member ask me like, hey, are you putting a lot of sunscreen on your kids? Because she, she's older than us, she's in her seventies and her husband is going through like a lot of skin cancer treatments right now because when he was younger, he was not dogmatic about, dogmatic about using sunscreen. He worked outside the vast majority of his life. And wouldn't you know that all of the skin issues that were never showing up in his 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s are now rearing their ugly head as he's in his late 60s, early 70s. And he's having to deal with it now because he chose not to do the things that he could have done earlier in life to kind of prevent some of those things. So you know, my focus isn't on skin, but the example is resounding, right? It's very similar. And I think as we are making great choices, and, and like we said already, like, it's, we get to start now. If you if you came up and you, you knew you already made a lot of not great choices in your health, that's okay. And like, because we can't go backwards, like none of us is getting younger. And we also can't go backwards, much, much to my son's chagrin, who I think has an amazing imagination about time travel. But I can't really change what I ate in eighth grade. It's just done, you know? <laughs> like, um, but we can change going forward. And that's the beautiful thing, I think, about adopting a mindset that has a, a future focus and one that looks forward to those later seasons in, in life. Not that we want to get there before we can, but we can get there in the best shape of our lives, you know? We can get there having reversed some of the choices that we might have already made that maybe weren't propelling us towards the best health but that we can continue on the path and now learn the value of X, Y, Z that we might need. Yeah. I, um, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Sandra, you talk about um, undoing some of the damage of unhealthy lifestyles or unhealthy habits. And I think for me recently over the past four or five months with everything that we've been doing, um, I was, I had Crohn's disease. And so what Crohn's is, is inflammation of like your GI tract and everything like that. And I, I was eating a healthy lifestyle. I wasn't eating horribly. It wasn't the cleanest diet. Um, but, you know, going to the doctors, doing that kind of stuff and just saying, hey, can I change anything? And the doctors um, didn't really, uh, they, yeah, they told me, oh, well, you can take this medication. And if this medication doesn't work, we'll upgrade you to that one and this and that. And yeah, and I was just like, no, I don't. I mean, it's, I mean, to, like we've been saying, whatever you put in your body, you get out. And so over the past couple months, we've been able to um, clean up our diet. We've really focused on that and eating things that are, you know, that remove inflammation versus, and that's really been the premise of it. And over the past couple months, I haven't had us take a single medication or anything like that, but just by cleaning up my diet. And I think that that's a testimony in the sense of, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I'm not a medical expert, I'm not a doctor. All I can do though is share my personal testimony on what worked for me. And it's been so good. I mean, rather than having to take a pill or, you know, they wanted to upgrade me to injections or this and that. And it's like, that's a horrible situation. And that's something that you will have to do for the rest of your life. And even if, uh, you know, if, if it works great, if it doesn't, but at least you understand, right? And being willing to experiment and take the time and energy to do that. I mean, to figure out what is going to work for you. Yeah, I think it's about taking time to do research. And in this day and age, we have so many things at our fingertips that we can just pull from, like this podcast. People can listen to this podcast, hear that, and say, okay, well, I want to know exactly some of the things that he was doing. I'm going to research that more. And, you know, you can research about 
your specific thing, whether it's losing weight, whether it's having more, you know, energy, more mental focus, it doesn't matter. There's so many ways to get information and to get credible information that you can change your lifestyle. And, you know, it hasn't always been like that in the past, but it's just about what, what can I do naturally? I think that should always be the first response versus like a pill nation, you know, let's, let's see what we can do naturally first. And then, you know, we'll consider other things at a later point. Yeah, it is huge when we realize that we actually have quite a lot of um, control is probably not the right word, but we do control our choices. So that's the way that I mean it. We have so much control over what we choose to, to, you know, to listen to or to put into our bodies. And I'm excited to hear that for you, Alfred, just about um, kind of reversing the effects of Crohn's. I personally have some friends that I have been able to help through the nutrition path. And again, I'm not an expert in that. I've just, I've just used my body in that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, as an athlete, like we've talked about and, and at different levels of performance and, you know, right now creating a person, you know, you're very aware of what what it takes to, to actually feel good and to and to be doing the right things not just for me but for this little one that's in utero right and um i remember when i was young i had a grandfather who was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and he did the same thing um he reversed the effects of type 2 diabetes and was no longer type 2 diabetic as a as an adult man probably in his 70s at that point this is over 20 years ago and he's in his 90s now um you know, where he, he was able to change what was happening in his body. I have a great friend here, Casey, who, same thing, she had Crohn's, and her sister, several of them have had just different, um, you know, digestive tract issues, right, that they've experienced and encountered, and all of them have been able to reverse that by making better choices with food and with supplements, and it's shifted things for them significantly. Um, I think you know, just feeling empowered that there's great information out there and that, honestly, you can do a lot at the farmer's market and the grocery store that has nothing to do with, you know, having to pursue a medical route. Now, trust me, I'm thankful for modern medicine for lots of reasons. I think all of us ought to be. But I also have several friends and family members that are physicians, and they've told me, you know, nutrition classes weren't really, like, super high on the list. Like, we were trying to master that skill set of surgery or how to know all of these other things, but it wasn't focused on the value of, you know, fruits and vegetables over this other thing. Um, and so I think, especially in American culture, it's, it's powerful to realize that we have a lot of things at our disposal. And, and yes, if you have a food budget and you're also trying to hit some other major financial goals, I mean, you've got some, some balance work to do in your, in your budget, right? But you know, knowing that long term, if I go back to the uncle who I was just mentioning with, um, you know, some skin cancer things that he's working through, you know, a couple of tubes of sunscreen along the way could have saved him this part, right? So knowing that there is power in, in making wise choices, it doesn't mean that you can only shop at Whole Foods and only buy organics. It just means you need to be aware that you probably can't only eat at McDonald's either. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think just whenever, I think the people who are listening to this right now, they're at a crossroads. They don't know what to do. They want to change, whether it's their diet, whether it's more exercise, whether it's both, but they're just not sure where to start because I think one of the main detractions is not knowing how to properly tell what what's healthy and what's not. It, you know, am I only looking at my weight? Am I only, you know, am I looking at, it, do I need to be at this specific BMI? And that's the only, my only goal. And they're just one track minded where I have to be at this specific weight or I have to only eat this. You know, for me, if, if I were to say, you know, uh, if I look at my friend who could eat probably way more carbs, like, and they're healthy carbs, because there are healthy carbs out there. I was on a healthy carb diet and yet my body was worse for the wear on it. And the more I did it, the bigger I got, <laughs> you know, but I have to learn that my body needs less carbs and minimal carbs for it to stay healthy and react the way that I need it to. And I need to know that 
It doesn't matter what the scale says. It matters what, how, how is my body reacting to the diet and exercise that I'm putting into it. And so I think that's just one of the main things that people get stuck on is a little detail and that's the only thing they can focus on. Yeah, I think that's huge, Danielle. I think especially as women, I know this is, this can be for men also, but, um, you know, speaking from our perspective, I think it can be really easy to get hung up on the one thing. Um, you know, I, we talked about that. I've been an athlete and, you know, it's wild just knowing that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not super tall. I'm five, four and, you know, they have these measurables, so to speak, right. Where they would tell me what my weight was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and from, you know, whenever I stopped growing, I'm still hoping I can get another inch or two. I'm just not sure I'm going to get that, but you know, I, I, at five, four, you know, they told me for years and years and years and years of my life that I'm supposed to weigh 120 pounds. But yeah, you know, I told you I played field hockey. You got to have some pretty strong legs. And I used to always joke, I'm like, each one of my legs weighs 60 pounds. What do I do with the rest of me? Like, I don't weigh 120 pounds. Like, that's not happening. And, um, you know, I think for a while, that was a hurdle for me. I had to mentally accept that you know, the way that I was actually made as to be a woman, I wasn't going to weigh that. That was probably kind of an unhealthy weight for me, honestly, because I was an athlete and I was running and I was doing all these things. So I had to, you know, allow myself the freedom in my mind to get over the scale weight and, and realize that, hey, like what I see in the mirror actually matters. And also, if I'm going to be strong, I need to remember and be fully aware that muscle weighs way more than fat. So if I'm going to be strong and not tall, even though I'm still pulling for those inches, I need to accept the fact that I can't really have any sort of workout routine that's going to build muscle and expect my number on the scale to go down. In fact, if I'm doing it right, it's probably going to go up, Um, even if it's just by a pound or two. But again, if you're so focused on just that one thing, you can feel like you're going in the wrong direction, working really hard the whole time. Um, and so I think it's, it's important for us to just have multiple measures that we look at when we're on our health journey, right? I mean, in the case of Alfred, you had some specific things that you'd be able to tell if they were issues still or not as much. And that probably didn't have to do necessarily with BMI and with weight, even though those are still good measurables. We need to be aware of that kind of stuff. Um, but simply like we talked about going for a walk before if you used to walk around the block and you're wheezing and then in a month of doing this loop around the block you're not anymore hey that's progress you're not going to see that in some number on a chart somewhere you're going to you're going to feel it experientially and sometimes those things and, and again having the freedom to acknowledge them is is huge i will say this when i first first graduated from graduate school um I went to school for architecture and design. I was determined to live on my own, be in the city. And I started going to farmer's markets because I found that a lot of the vegetables that my parents had helped me build good habits around were actually cheaper at the farmer's market. Um, And I was in the city and I could walk there and it was awesome. So I would go and I'll tell you, I think part of my, my like kind of next phase of my health journey began there was a sweet little couple, older couple, that would come with their vegetables to this gigantic market in Washington, D.C., and one day I saw this book, and I said, hey, what's this book? And they said, hey, our daughter wrote a book. Um, this is it, and you can order it at blah, 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 you know, and it was so funny that, the, um, you know, I won't, I won't necessarily promote the book, but it was all about eating real food, and at that point in my journey, I was running marathons. I was I think I might have been in my last year of coaching and this girl's story in the book, which is so important to learn from stories too, right? Like that's the thing that is great about these podcasts and the people that you'll have on is that they're going to share from their experience and their story. Well, this gal was sharing how she grew up on a farm and everything was homemade, everything, like there wasn't store-bought cake. There just, that wasn't her journey. And so when she moved away from home, she loved to go and get a lot of that stuff. And what she found was she got really unhealthy really quickly with all of these non-homemade, non-fresh grown things. She just, she personally had to take back control of her own health journey. And she was living abroad, I believe in the UK. And she started going back to farmer's markets. And it was like almost this reawakening of her journey 
of her childhood, like all the stuff that she had had access to freely, so to speak, when she was young, she started to value at a whole new level as an adult. And it was in that book that I realized on the opposite spectrum, right? Like my body needs some really significant carbohydrates. My body needs like some really good, healthy, full fat. And as I was training and running these races, my performance got better. My time got slower. I got leaner. My mom's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm only eating full fat yogurt and drinking whole milk. And, you know, I'm eating all these other, then she's like, yeah, I mean, it could, it kind of flew in the face of a lot of what she was thinking at that time. And I said, well, mom, I read this and I, I realized like everybody is different. There's not a one size fits all. I mean, that's like for your winter hat and that's it. Like there's no other place where one size fits all. And I wasn't necessarily measuring um, like weight and, and specific things, but I was performing. My body was doing something. So whether it was for these training runs or again, to go back to that walk around the block, you know, you, you're going to notice when you start to get things more right, so to speak, for your own body and for your journey. And I think most of us are hardwired to love to see progress if it's in the way that you breathe and if it's how how your body can handle certain things because your digestion is working better or your immune system is not so bogged down because your digestion was lacking or you like what you see in the mirror or how you're performing. I mean, there's so many ways that we get to look at our health journey. And I just want to encourage all of us to just be, be, be mindfully aware of that. It isn't, it isn't one measure for all and it's not one size fits all. Um, it's great to be inspired by people on their journey. But again, whether I'm looking at my 25 year old marathoning self compared to my now self, or if I'm looking at my friend who's the exact same age as me and has like what I perceive to be stellar results and I'm not, I don't look like that. I mean, you can look amazing and be really unhealthy on the inside. Mm. You know, we don't have to go much beyond Hollywood to look at that. Right. And you, you also can be, really healthy and not look like a supermodel or a super, you know, like you need to be on the cover of shape magazine or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or men's health. What's one of the other things? So I think um, in, in our culture, it is really important for us to just be reminded that, you know, health is a journey and to look for progress in the ways that we need to, and not to be um, willing to compare ourselves in the, in the wrong way that we're not inspired by someone else's perceived results, but that we, we we actually we allow ourselves to be inspired not not in the opposite way if that makes sense yeah and i mean you talk about having victories along the way that's what i hear have little victories along the way and embrace them appreciate them and know that that's not your final victory that's not the last time you're going to feel good about it but there's levels to everything i mean when I really started my, my health journey as far as nutrition, okay, so I've always been an active person. You know, I, I did basketball, softball, volleyball, you know, throughout elementary, middle school. And then in high school, I focused more on volleyball. And then just coming out of that, out of high school, you know, just being able to, to play pickup games, go hiking, things like that. I was always an active person and you know when you're when you associate yourself with other active people we have a lot of people in our lives that have always loved to stay active and they're high performing athletes it's just kind of who I felt in with and you know I am not going to be the, the weakest link I was going to if, if I was suffering up that mountain I was <laughs> to my ability but I'm you know I came down tired but you know I still did it now, my diet was never good, and it was not anything that I wanted to work on. You know, I was just hoping the problem was going to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if I speak enough positivity over this, my body will will it. <laughs> but I had to embrace it, okay? I had to embrace maybe now, especially, you know, I am, I am th- I'm only 32, but your metabolism slows. And I said, there, I have to do something different. I have to fix this one area. I cannot always eat everything that I want and expect to, you know, be healthy all the time. 
And so when I really embraced that and I started, you know, looking into the different ways that my body needed nutrition, doing things like riding a bike, I remember it was always a struggle. I did it. And I, you know, I, maybe I was at the back, but I kept up with everybody through sheer willpower, but I was at the front and now I could, I could stand up on the bike. You know, when you're little, you don't ever think about it. It's actually really easy when you're a kid to like stand up and pedal when, you know, and you just never think about it. I remember doing that all the time. And then here I am 32 years old. I get on the bike and I go to stand up to pedal and I'm like, Hey, that's a way harder thing to do now because I'm just so out of shape. I mean, I'm round and that's a shape, but that's not (laughs) going to work for what I wanted. So it was, you know, a couple months in of just really taking care of the nutrition part where I was standing on my bike and I was pedaling and it was no big deal. And that was a, a, a big win for me. It may not be for anybody else around me who could still do it all their lives because they kept in a better shape than I was, but it was huge for me. And, you know, the more progress that you see, you just have to remember those and keep, keep building on it. I think that's the biggest thing and learn to embrace different, learn to embrace new, be uncomfortable for a while. But when you, when you do it, you'll love it. And I think you won't want to stop. You want to continue. Once you become healthy, it's, it's addicting because of those endorphins. Yeah. I think, uh, the one statement I take out of that just a real quick is, is discomfort is growth. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're comfortable, then you're, you're plat, you're on a plateau basically. And that's, that's the thing I would take away from that specifically. Or a couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, you know, especially from those years of, of being an athlete, I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, there's value in resting along the journey, but there's also, significance in realizing that you know when when you stretch your muscles or you build your muscles there is going to be some discomfort and that's important because you you know you did something right I mean none of us have you know we've probably even just moved uh some stuff from you know one place to another in our journey and realized like whoa why haven't we used those muscles you know (laughs) because we don't we don't necessarily have to have a routine in place to, to be able to experience that and you know, you, you could definitely do things that are, that are not good for you in, in the moving, but when you actually are just building great habits, um, and, and matter of fact, I'm watching my neighbor come out with his road bike to go for a cycle right now. Um, my other neighbor back here is running around with her, her workout gear on because she has a personal trainer here. You know, it looks different for everybody. Um, and it doesn't have to be a gym membership. It doesn't have to be um, you know, a specific, a specific event like a marathon, it, it can be really what works best for you in the situation, the scenario, where you live, the, the lifestyle that you have, and, and really what you're looking to accomplish. Um, you know, we're in the summer season, and I love to paddleboard, and that's been like a godsend for me in this season, because it's one of the few things that, because I'm not brand new, that I could still do. That was a great upper body workout for me that allowed me to not feel like I had to be in the gym or, or, you know, sometimes it can get so, um, you know, wrapped up around, it has to be this certain way, like we talked about. And it's just nice to embrace the flexibility of, again, just moving your body and, and starting where you're at. And then I love what you shared, Danielle, because there's little, there's little progresses along the way and get yourself a journal and just write them down. So you can remember, oh yeah, I felt awesome that day I could stand up on my pedals again. You know, I was like eight years old. (laughs) Well, I think this has been really great information. And honestly, there's just, we've only scratched the surface of all these topics. You know, we could dive individually into it. And that's our goal with this podcast is to, you know, dive deep into specific subjects that really people I think would love to hear more information on. You know, my goal is the people who are listening to this, if there was a topic in here that you really want more information on, please feel free to leave it as a comment um, on the Facebook page because we want to know what you guys want to listen to and you want to learn about. And, you know, we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for you guys. And so, if there is a topic that was mentioned that you want more details on, 
ask us, tell us, you know, if we, obviously this is only one podcast. So if there's more topics that you want to learn about that we haven't talked about, leave those as well. But, you know, eventually we'll, we'll get to them. And I think that I'm just, I'm just so appreciative, Sandra, that you were here to give your feedback. And the biggest things that I took from, from you is, yes, you can, you can be a high performing athlete, but that didn't have to be where your journey stopped and you continue to set new goals for yourself and um, all along the way in each chapter of your life. And you're still doing that and it's new and it may be different. It might be difficult at some times, but when you have a goal and you're willing to work towards it, you can just live a healthy lifestyle and be happy because, you know, physical health brings a lot of mental health, I believe to you. And so you're going to just feel overall more happy. Yeah, I agree. And definitely, Sandra, thanks for your time. Um, I know that you said you're, you're hiding away from your kids right now, and I'm sure they're begging for you to come back and play with them. And <laughs> so definitely appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. Sandra, do you have anything you want to add before we close this up? No, I just want to say thanks for having me on. You know, I'm excited about what you guys are putting together with this and just as a way to help people really, you know, hear, hear other people's thoughts on different topics and, and just on the journey of health, because it is that for all of us, no matter what we see when we look at others, um, you know, everyone is still on their journey. Um, and it, it's a really a good place to be when you feel empowered um, to just stay, stay the course and stay the path. And you might surprise yourself while you're on the journey and just be, um, you know, open and then enthusiastic about that start point, no matter what the age is, no matter what your goal is, I don't think that there's really anything that someone cannot attain. I think it really is um, kind of sky's the limit, but it will start and it will continue to be kind of just a step-by-step process. So um, yeah, thankful for you guys. And uh, I appreciate the time as well. Awesome. Well, well, guys, uh, we're going to close this up. I do encourage you, if you are a listener and you're not part of our Live a Healthier You Facebook page, uh, request to join. And then also, if you have any questions, um, you can look us up at the Healthier You Podcast at gmail.com. So with that, we'll wrap up this recording and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.